Hi, this is best-selling author Brad Meltzer, the best-selling author, and you're listening to The Great Big Beautiful Podcast. We were, that's the time when you figure out who you are and, you know, our characters are pushing their boundaries a lot. When you're 15, you're trying to figure out what rules you can break and what rules you can't. So it's, it's keeping these characters consistently to have that teenage feel. We want them to be really relatable and actually feel like teenagers. So even though someone like Wonder Woman, she still is intrinsically a great leader. She has these great skills that are going to help her in her superhero life in the future. But it is pulling them back a bit so that she does have those moments where she is really relatable as a teenager. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. My parents just go back from Disney and they came back with a shirt from Rogue One. And it oh, had... Yeah. And, and they actually have Rogue One merch out there already. Oh, they've had it for a while, I think. I mean, I'm in, I'm here. Like, I'm in the you're, middle of you're, you're in the I'm, far, far north. We, we probably will not get Rogue One merch here until, <laughs> oh, three weeks after the movie's out. That's how Okay, all right, I'm sorry, continue, yes. <laughs> and my mom brought a shirt back, and I couldn't believe it. My mom thought it was Ray on the front of it, by the way. I'm no, just of course. Gonna, my mom thought it was Ray. That's okay. It was, and I feel, I think her name is Jin. Jin, is that See, you don't even know. Yes, it's Jin. Jin. Like the drink. Well, I didn't, I wasn't sure if it was Jin or Jean or Jine or, I didn't know. Jin. Jin or so. Jin. So it had her face on it and it has Rogue One written on it. And I was, I was really happy because I remember when The Force Awakens came out. Like it was so long ago. I remember when The Force Awakens. <laughs> Way back then. We, we were trying to find some Ray stuff and it was just impossible. Absolutely yeah. impossible. And I think I think they're stepping up their game with the female. They learned a little bit, yeah. The like the first wave of Rogue One toys that came out had like I, more than one version of Jin. Let's just say so. They they learned from the whole "Where's Ray?" outcry. So and not to say that it's you know perfect, but it's better than it was. Yeah, exactly. We, it could have been hashtag We want Jin and Coke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that leads me to say. That kind of leads into what what we're interviewing about today, and the the properties that are out there for girls within the geek world, and and not to say the girls can't watch you know the 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 regular superheroes and whatnot, but it's nice for it's nice for a change to see something like this, the girl DC superheroes. Yeah, you know, it's again like you said, you know, shows don't need to be. This is a girl show and this is a boy show. Exactly, you know, my yeah. my my daughter loves Dino Trucks and mm-hmm. she loves uh, How to Train Your Dragon and I think both of those probably would be pigeonholed as boys' properties if, yep. if you needed to do that. Um, but that being said, representation is very important. And exactly. you know, when my daughter watches a show, 
and there is a female character in it, that's who she gloms onto. You know, she loves Young Justice. Right. They they burn yep. through Young Justice on Netflix, and yep. she desperately wants more. Um, you know, but Artemis and Miss Martian were her two of her favorite characters. Yep. Same and as Hannah. Yep. You know, it's because they're girls, and it's because they they see themselves on the screen, and it's not just I'm watching a bunch of boys fight the bad exactly. guys. You know, I can do that too. Girls can do that too, and so. You know, superhero girls, they made a very concerted effort to have a cast of all female superheroes. And, you know, they, they tossed in Poison right. Ivy, not tossed in, but they included <laughs> Poison in Ivy yeah. and um, Harley Quinn, who are traditionally seen as, as yeah. villains, you know, you yeah. know borderline villains. Um, but they, they intentionally created this very diverse cast of female characters um, and it wasn't, I don't, I don't think it was, we need to have a quote unquote girl show. Right. That's all sparkly, you know, unicorns yeah. and rainbows. Um, but it's, you know, young girls need to have that representation. They need to be able mm -hmm. to turn on the TV or turn on the computer, wherever they're going to watch it and be able to see themselves or be able right. to see their friends. And, and that's and I, a very important thing. And I see it as it could be an entry point for some of them too, where maybe, maybe I know the girls gravitate to girl characters sometimes, and maybe they won't get into superheroes unless they come in through this way. And I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's great. You know, it's great no matter how you put it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think Isaac would probably, honestly, I think Isaac would probably like the show too. We don't, we only have Netflix here in Canada and we don't have it yet. You know, well, it's here, but the show started out as uh, a series of webisodes. Okay. Um, look at me, lingo webisodes. So if you go, there is a website. <laughs> um, you can watch. Uh, there's two seasons out. You can okay. watch the watch them there. They're shorts. They're like seven, eight minutes long. Right. And there's also been at least one. I want to say maybe more than that. But there's a, like a direct to DVD feature length movie. Oh, awesome. Um, and then there are comic books and graphic novels and stuff that are that are associated with it. But I mean, what's interesting about the property is that they don't exclude male characters. I mean, there right. are still, you know, you'll still see characters like Cyborg and Robin and you mm -hmm. know, Green Lantern and, things and, and characters like that. But when they first started, they made an effort to not include the male counterparts that many of these characters are, you know, Right. I want to say quote unquote, but you know, that they're subservient to. So for Batgirl, it was important to, we're not going to have a Batman for her mm -hmm. to, to be playing off of. And for Supergirl, we're not going to have a Superman, you know, that because invariably they're going to be seen as either like big brother or dad right. or the dominating male character. So there are male characters in the show, but Batgirl is not paired up with Batman and Supergirl is not paired up with Superman. It's not, they don't play second fiddle to those male characters. Right. They're, their own character and it's this group core group of seven um friends in high school and in the stories and the experiences and the adventures and the problems that they have to solve and go through on their own we're talking to the writer of the supergirls uh shay fontana yep. ask, i say it like it's a question shay fontana <laughs> Like Shay Fontana, is that who asking, it is? Yeah. Asking for my permission? Yes, yes, yes. That you can yes. say her name. Well, you know, I yes. never, I said Jen wrong. You never know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the head writer. Uh, she comes from a history, uh, an animation writing for, mm -hmm. a history of writing for animation. She's worked on a lot of Disney uh, shows. And uh, but DC Superhero Girls is the first show that's that's her baby. She was involved in the creation and the development of the show. She's head writer on it now. She also mm -hmm. writes the um, the comics and the graphic novels. So it really is 
you don't want to say it's her singular voice because there's a lot right. of people working on the show, but creatively, it almost is her voice across the board, which has got to be just so satisfying because it must be awesome. Yeah, you know, even if you've created your own characters, you're often not going to be the sole writer if there's a, an animated show and then mm-hmm. they're making a movie and then we're going to do some comic books over here. You know, there's other people that will be involved uh, and there are other people that are involved. Um, but you know, when it comes to the animated show and the comics, it's like, she's, she's the, the beginning and the end, which right. is really satisfying. I would imagine. All right. So we're going to talk to her about the show and the book and the, you know, the whole franchise as a whole, and also keep an ear out for what her involvement is with Disney on ice. It's pretty cool. And how she sometimes comes up with the characters from the DC lexicon, where, where she goes for information is pretty, it's pretty reveal. It's pretty awesome. I think it's great. I love that you clickbait them. There are, they're already listening. No, no, no. I don't want them to shut it off. I want them (laughs) to keep going. I want them to get past our voices because once she starts talking, you're, they're going to want to listen. But they get, they they've probably already up. skipped ahead. They That's don't true. want me, you know. Just fast forward where... to another, like another 30 <laughs> seconds and you're going to hear the interview. All right. <laughs> We're going to go play that for you right now. Hope you enjoy. Shay, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. This is an absolute pleasure to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, obviously we're going to talk superhero girls. I wanted to know though, back when the show was still in development and you were still working on the show, just curious if, was there any reluctance, um, either at DC or from any of the other people working on the show to basically reimagine all these characters as teenagers and to all be the same age? No, from the beginning, we were very clear that we were in a new universe. So we took back all the backstory and took a lot of the the characteristics that were slightly unsavory from some of the characters and wouldn't be appropriate for our six to 12 year old audience. And we were really, um, DC gave me such freedom to adapt these characters to this world and make them, you know, appropriate for kids and yet still retain all those great qualities that they have in the comic books and the reason that people love them as these characters. So it's, um, you know, of course, Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn aren't the same age in the proper DC canon, but it really was, we wanted to take these characters. DC's had such a rich history um, from Wonder Woman all the way to Harley with these female characters and to have it work in this kind of environment as a high school, it was clear that they had to be the same age. And it really, um, you know, DC is great at understanding that their characters are kind of this living, breathing entities that they can adapt to all these different things. So there are things that they have that are appropriate for adults like Batman versus Superman. And they have this proper canon in the comic books, but they are also very open to um, creating new universes and adapting the characters there. Right. Well, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, obviously characters like Wonder Woman or Supergirl or Harley Quinn, they're not the same age. And there's often... um, there's often a dynamic with those characters, you know, Wonder Woman, <laughs> because she's been around for so long and she's one of the top three characters. She's often seen as, you know, one of the mentors or the the one of the, the superheroes that all the young characters will learn from um, as you sort of set the bar on this evil, even level where they're all the same age. They're all dealing with the same things in high school. Um, was it difficult to rethink the characters in that way because they're so ingrained in our minds as something else? Some of them. <laughs> 
No, I think it really was just figuring out who those characters were when they were 15. So someone like Wonder Woman, you know, she still retains a lot of that DNA that we love her as an adult character. Mm -hmm. But she does have these moments of uncertainty about herself. And, you know, every once in a while, she's unsure what to do or she lacks a little bit of self-confidence. And I think all of us as human beings, when we were 15, we weren't a great representation of who we are today as adults. God, I hope we were, we were, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really, we were, that's the time when you figure out who you are. And, you know, our characters are pushing their boundaries a lot. When you're 15, you're trying to figure out what rules you can break and what rules right. you can't. So it's, it's keeping these characters consistently to have that teenage feel. We want them to be mm -hmm. really relatable and actually feel like teenagers. Sure. So even though someone like Wonder Woman, she still is intrinsically a great leader. She has these great skills that are going to help her in her superhero life in the future. But it is pulling them back a bit so that she does have those moments where she is really relatable as a teenager. Yeah. Right. You have you have 80 no, years. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go. Oh, you have 80 years. I just thought I interrupted you. Um, <laughs> You have 80 years of characters to draw from uh, with DC. So is it a possibility that we'll ever see original characters on the show or the books? Uh, actually, at this point, we have tried to only use characters that have right. been in the comics at some point. We wanted to. There are so many characters in there and mm -hmm. there are characters um, that haven't been used very much that we will go and pull out because they're fun characters. So one thing that you'll see in the shorts coming up this season and, and in some of the future comic material um, is the Double Dare twins, which is a very, very little known uh, mm -hmm. duo <laughs> from the circus. They're acrobats. And I think they were only in one or two comics um, maybe 15 years ago, but they just worked so well for what I needed these characters for that we... We pulled them back and they've now had way more time um, in on screen and in the comics than they ever did before this. So it's it's fun <laughs> to to draw those kind of obscure characters right. out. Like Crazy Quilt we have is our, our superhero design teacher. So mm -hmm. um, he's a fun one, a blast from the past that we've <laughs> brought into this uh, new world. And, and there's a lot of characters. Uh, Professor Etrigan is the... Uh, the poetry teacher yeah. who's coming up in our new graphic novel, Hits and Myths. And he is someone that a lot of people aren't familiar with, but we pull them out and he's this really fun character. He's a demon who only speaks in rhyme, which is a, <laughs> a, as a writer is a fun challenge to, That's it's awesome. like, you, <laughs> you, I have to pick the most difficult characters to write. So <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, do you, do you have like a database that you can go to? You're like, I need circus, a circus performing poetic teacher. Do you have something you can like search to figure <laughs> it out? <laughs> you know, I just use like the, the DC wiki. Um, right. There is no official like inner secret wiki that we right. use. We, we rely on, on the fans out there in the internet to keep us uh, honest on a lot of things. That's so funny. You're not the first person to have said that. And I, I often wonder where writers would be. What, what did they do before Wikipedia or the, 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 the other in-depth wikis that people have right. created online? It's, it's really so helpful. It's amazing. <laughs> I bet. Is, uh, is Superhero Girl something that you would have watched when you were a kid? Absolutely. It's really, when I was a kid, I had Batman the Animated Series, which was awesome, Lois yep. and Clark. 
Uh, and that was my in- entree into the whole superhero comic world. Um, but there wasn't anything specifically for girls or anything that really had a lot of female characters, even though Batman the Animated Series is where some of our favorite characters, like Harley Quinn, comes from. Um, It certainly wasn't the female character story. So I think that this is something that I would have loved when I was a kid. And when I write, I want to make something that has that appeal that is just something that kids would like and something that I would like when I was growing up. That's amazing. Something else that kids like is all the the stuff that you can buy. When you find a show that you like, if it's got great stuff that you can beg your parents for, that's that's even better. And there's a no shortage of superhero girls merch out there now. But um, you know, as, as somebody who's so close to the show, you you've got to you know walk into a store and see that stuff differently from the rest of us. So like what what fills you with the most like that that kid inside of you who's just excited about what it is that you create like what fills you with the most glee like is it the comics is it the new lego sets which looks so totally awesome or the the action figures i mean there's just so much that i think like if this were like my baby which you must see it as like it right. would be, i would be over the moon to see some of this stuff absolutely the licensing and merchandising people have done such a great do- job with all of the the stuff that's out there right now um I got the superhero high play set, which is pretty awesome. It has yeah. like a zip line that Batgirl can go down and, and an elevator and all this cool stuff. And really the first time when um, the toys launched originally in Target and the first time that I went and saw them on the shelves, I may have gotten a little bit teary eyed, <laughs> um, but it was really, it was amazing. And it's amazing to see how the fans have reacted to all this yeah. product it, when the during the initial launch this March, um, they sold out so quickly of all the all the action dolls and action figures. Mm-hmm. And then um, they've just been, from there, they've been really spreading out. There's all the play sets now. There's the, the Lego stuff coming out, which looks amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I think I saw today that there is a nail art set. Uh, <laughs> get your nails done, just like the DC Superhero Girls. So. <laughs> They really have just a huge licensing program going on right now, which is really great because a few years ago, um, if you were a little girl looking for a superhero T-shirt, mm-hmm. you could maybe get a pink one that had a Superman symbol on it, yep. Yep. and that was it. So now it's really it's really fun to go into the stores and see the actual T-shirts where little girls can show that they are fans of this um, Yeah this brand and fans of superheroes. I know one dad told me that um, his his little girl had been made fun of a lot at school because she was wearing her superhero t-shirts and the other kids at school said that those were just for boys. Mm-hmm. But now, now she has proof that <laughs> she could be a superhero too and that girls mm-hmm. girls have their own superhero line. So that's, that's awesome. that kind of thing is really rewarding for me. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's gotta be so gratifying to hear things like that. Absolutely. It's really amazing to see how kids have responded and how it's given, you know, they're as as a girl who was a geek growing up, you kind of feel lonely. But right. now it's those things that it's a way to find your tribe. It's a way to find people who are like you when you see someone else wearing a Batman shirt out. So it's, yeah. it's really an exciting thing to help people and especially little girls feel less alone in that world. Yeah. yeah and I know. The action figures and the dolls 
uh, I can't remember if it was last year New York Comic Con or if it was at Toy Fair when they were sort of first unveiled. And they just had them in this, you know, behind this plexiglass case. And there was this huge crowd of people who just wanted to see them because it was, right. they were so excited to see that these, you know, the, 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 the amazing character design we'd only seen pictures of, you know, from the, the show that hadn't come out yet. And, uh, and then the dolls were there. And it just, I think, I mean, it was, it was just incredible to see the, the excitement around what were essentially action figures, right. but but they meant something so much more. Yeah, absolutely. And our the six-inch action figures that we do have out, those fit just fine with any action figure collection. So you don't have to worry about them being specifically for girls. You can you can get them for your own collections too. Oh, we we may have bought a few. <laughs> I, have, I have a daughter who loves them, but I, I I may have pushed her to buy maybe more than she needed. <laughs> um I understand you were just at the the UN for the Wonder Woman ceremony, right? I was or am I... not there. You were no, not there. I, I thought that you were. Go. I I wish I could have because it was really amazing, and it's amazing to see Wonder Woman seventy five years yeah. old now, and she's really getting this great recognition. And from the beginning, um, when Wonder Woman was launched, like her whole thing was she was an ambassador. She's supposed to be this ambassador of peace for mm-hmm. the Hemisphere people. So. It's really fun to see her honored in that way. Yeah, it, it was. Ex- I, I thought that you were there, so I apologize. But I was looking, I was reading up on it a little bit, and I noticed that there's been actually quite a bit of controversy around that. A lot of people who work for the UN have come out and saying that they don't think that she's a an appropriate ambassador, and which surprised me. I was actually quite taken aback at that. I didn't, I hadn't heard about any controversy until I started reading up on it this morning. I was just wondering if you've heard anything about that. Yeah, I think I probably read the same article you read, and it was yeah. it was really disheartening. And I think people, um, I think the people that were quoted in that article may not have known a lot of, about Wonder Woman's history and the actual uh, conception of Wonder Woman and when she was launched um, in the 40s and how how amazing it was that there was this female superhero. And it was a time when, you know, women had only recently gotten the right to vote and uh, Planned Parenthood was a big thing. And she was actually, she's based on a, a woman who founded Planned Parenthood. So it was a, it's really, as a feminist icon, she has an incredible history. And it's unfortunate that those people weren't recognizing yeah. what an incredible past she's had. And even though occasionally she hasn't worn a whole lot of clothes in the comic <laughs> books, um, I think you have to look at a, a bigger picture than that. And actually, in a lot of ways, um, that was part of her feminism was when you were required to wear very modest clothes in the workplace and very modest clothes as a woman just in the world. Um, she had this uh, an inhibitedness about her. Sure, sure. Um getting back to the superhero girls proper though um the book the comics and the graphic novels that have come out they've been widely praised for just being just great kids books you know there's there they're none of the dark overtones that you that you see in the dc proper and mm-hmm. a lot of books that come with that so-called quote-unquote all ages label sometimes necessarily not necessarily sometimes aren't um but the superhero superhero girls books are um, as the writer, though, how much of a shift is it for you creatively when you move back and forth between the graphic novels and the show? 
Um, this is actually the Finals Crisis book. Our first graphic novel was the first graphic novel I had ever written. So really? it was a really interesting learning curve. And it is a bit different than writing animation. You have to think about things differently. Um, you really think in how the different little moments all work together mm -hmm. to tell a story rather than in animation you're really thinking about how action and movement drives a story and how how that looks on screen and you know which way things are going to be moving on screen um whereas in graphic novels it's really about capturing these precise still moments that are going to best move the story forward so it's a bit different of a process but it's been it's been really fun to get into it and i'm really excited about um the Hits and Myth graphic novel, which is coming out November 1st. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun and really show our characters and these strong, independent female roles. And really, they get to show off their powers and their personalities in ways that in the first one, we were still kind of establishing where everything was and this whole world. And now we get to really have a lot of fun and a lot of action. Yeah, that's awesome. Looking at your, your career and where you've come from, you worked on a lot of, of a, this is not your first animated series, and you've worked right. on a lot of different shows and projects, many of them for Disney. I'm just wondering how Superhero Girls compares to what you've done before. This one has been really fun because it is so me. Yeah. <laughs> In a way that a lot of the shows that I worked on, you know, you're a gun for hire kind of thing, and you come in and you're imitating someone else's voice. But DC Superhero Girls is really, it's been my voice throughout. I started at the very beginning and developing the world and the characters and writing the Bible. And it's really just been so fun to actually put myself into the characters and really um, just get into it and make my, my own voice their voices. So it's really, it's fun to have that kind of impact. And, you know, every, all of the characters are as as any writer knows is all the characters become just different aspects of you and different ways that you relate to the world. So it's really fun to have these characters. And even though they have these strong histories and this strong um, personalities already established, you kind of get to change them and modify them and play with them in little ways so that they are reflected a reflection of who you are as a writer and bringing that into this kid space, which they hadn't been in before. Yeah. What's something I was thinking about is you know, you've taken these characters that everybody knew or thought they knew and put them in a new environment, you know, made them all the same age, recast them as, as high school students. If you, and now that you've had that, had, had all these opportunities to explore who they are and sort of fleshed out them and their relationships to one another, if you were to go, in a different direction with them, the same characters that you've already developed, would you want to age them up or down? Do you think that it would be more interesting to tell stories with them as adults or as even younger kids? Oh, interesting. I don't know. I would love to do a younger Batgirl series where she's yeah. just off in Metropolis solving little like middle school mysteries. I think <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I think... Either side of the spectrum has a lot to offer. So uh, certainly there, as older characters, as adult characters, that's been done a lot more. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit more appealing to me as a writer to look at the, the more kid side of them. Yeah. 
That would be a lot of fun, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we're coming up to the end of our time with you. I wanted to ask you two quick questions about things that you that I saw mentioned <laughs> all too briefly on your website, and didn't you didn't you didn't go into any detail with them? Um, Disney on Ice. What did you do for them? Um, I so I've written two Disney on Ice shows. Uh, one is called Follow Your Heart, which I believe is now touring. It is. I believe I just now. saw it actually with my kids. Yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, <think so>, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's great. Yeah. So that was, that was such a cool experience. And then another one that I wrote is to currently touring in Korea, which is bizarre. Which is one of those weird things where you write it all in English, but you know, right. it's never actually going to be performed in English. So yeah. it's going through, um, like Korea and China, and a lot of different places over there. So it's, it's a fun an odd thing to think yeah. of, doing. but that was, that was such a fun experience because I was adapting a lot of Pixar properties. So I got mm-hmm. to get into the Pixar world a little bit and with finding Dory and toy story yep, awesome. and it's been an inside out was our big one. So it was yep. fun to play in that world, which I mean, Pixar is the greatest at what they do. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, yeah. really fun to just be, have a, a little bit of that magic in your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually we did just see that one last week, the, the inside out and finding Dory one. So oh, yeah. yep, that's the <laughs> my, one kid, my kids loved it. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, uh, the whole Disney on ice thing, I didn't know really anything about it before I started working for them. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things that as adults, you're like, wait, they're ice skating and they're singing songs. That seems <laughs> right. silly. But then you go and you see these three, four, five-year-old kids, and it's the greatest thing in the world to them. They're all singing along with it. And it's really, it's really magical when you're there to see how these kids get into it. And they're often very impressive productions, too. Yes, you know, that really. They, that, I mean, they're just traveling shows, but they have really amazing sets and special effects and, and costumes. And it's amazing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, really quickly before we go, uh, roller derby? Yeah, you play? so I play roller derby. I actually haven't been playing recently because I hurt my knees. So that's not the fun story you want to hear. But. <laughs> <laughs> are, yeah. are you on a team? I am on a team with the San Fernando Valley Roller Derby. Awesome. Um, okay. I'm a, a Balboa bandit. Nice. What position? <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm a blocker. Awesome. And finally, what is your derby name? I know all the roller derby people oh, have true. names. Um, first name, Shay, like my actual name. Right. Middle initial, Q. Mm-hmm. Last name, Off. Shay Q Off. Nice. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Nice. That that's amazing. I wish we had more time with you. This has just been a fantastic conversation. So thank you so much for joining us though. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun. Well, that's it for this week on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Sorry, I'm coughing over here. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's it for this week. And yeah, I, I love, I love, I don't know why. I love that she, ha- that that's how they, that she goes to Wicked, like the DC Wiki. I think it's awesome that the fan communities are so strong. Yeah. That, you know, it's such a wealth of, you know, a wealthy spot for information these days. Yeah. And she's not, I mean, I wasn't kidding. She's not the first person. I, I mean, we've talked no. to a lot of people. I mean, I, I want to say a lot of the Star Wars people definitely go to Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. They've referenced it when we interviewed yeah, them. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. And I don't know. I mean, 
if anybody listening, if you've not looked at Wikipedia, <laughs> please please do because it is crazy detailed. Like you pick pick anybody. It's it's a good place to start. Pick a character, a character, no matter how minor, from the original trilogy, from the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and uh, I guarantee you're going to be scrolling for about a good three minutes nonstop <laughs> because there's that much information that people have compiled from all the different books and games right. and comics, and it's nuts. Well, and you name it. If there's something out there, there's probably a wiki for it. Like I, I just got done doing a full run of all the Friday Night Lights because I didn't watch it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And there is a Wikipedia for Friday Night Lights, like bet. anything, and that, yeah. not even, that's not even as big as Star Wars, right? And there's yeah, a Wikipedia. There's a Lostopedia for from Lost. <laughs> there's, I mean, if there if there's been a show that's been on the air for more than like two or three seasons, there's probably a wiki for it. All right, so there needs to be a great big beautiful podcast wiki. So well, we're only on our second year right now. That's true. Maybe once we're you know four or five ish, we'll get some fans <laughs> that will want to do. We it. get some fans who will put it together for us. The time they'll they'll like piece together personal information about us based on what we reveal. <laughs> That's a little creepy. <laughs> That's a little creepy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If you want to get in touch, you can contact us at the Great Big Beautiful Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you can also call us. Jamie, you have our phone number. Um, I do. 301-825-5653. Call and leave us a message and we will play it at the start of our show right where the liners are. We'll put you in there for sure we will. Yeah. I, I promise. We promise. We will do it. <laughs> Unless you ask us not to and then of course we will. Yeah, of course. We'll, we'll put then, you at the end of the unless show. Unless you then. call and you're like, you guys are jerks. I hate you. Oh, then we'll there. definitely put yeah, it then on then the Yeah, then it's going in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hate mail's good. We'll take it. We like that stuff, man. Exactly. All right, guys, I'm Justin at 140 Justin C. I'm Jamie at the Roarbots. And we will see you next time right here on the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Take care. Take care. (laughs) This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad. This podcast has been a production of...